0: Welcome to the new and improved Configure It Done podcast. The Configure It Done podcast is now a place where we interview senior thought leaders in the SAP space across Australia and New Zealand. And the aim is to tap into their knowledge so we can pass on their insights to the listening SAP community. Please subscribe to the podcast and like, share, and comment across Castos, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.
1: This podcast is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute, who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to donate to the cause, please click the link below.
0: Now, on this podcast, I saw this guy on the Sorg Summit list. His name was Ben Price, and I thought, I've got to contact him. I've got to get him on the podcast. Very charismatic gentleman, fantastic experience, 15 years with SAP, and he's just started his new business with his business partner with a guy called Matthew Goss. And Matthew is 20 plus years in SAP Concur. Now, quite an interesting and controversial topic. They're going to be talking about fraud and expense management uh, and the holes around that. Uh, So please do listen. Remember, we're across Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube and Castos. Please like, share and comment and enjoy this fantastic podcast we've got some fantastic guests today thanks for coming in it's actually good to do a live live podcast
2: it is i think this is actually our first ever live podcast
0: yeah exactly we're celebrating today (laughs) good stuff so um we've got ben and we've got matt here but i just want to dive in for those of um the audience and listeners that don't know about you can you give us like a brief overview and your background and and yourself yeah that'd be
2: great yeah sure so um I just spent the last 23 years of my career at uh, SAP Concur. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was probably the, the time to leave. And I thought I was actually going to retire. Um, but uh, instead, so I've left uh, Concur and we've started a boutique consulting organization just specializing in Concur best practice deployments. Just to say you do not old enough to retire. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yeah, if I'm not ready to retire. My wife won't let me, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so 17 years with SAP, Chief Customer Officer, COO of Concur. But I guess the thing that really got me is there's things I couldn't do in the SAP world that we wanted to do. So 30-day deployments, happy customers, fixed pricing. So we thought, actually, let's do it ourselves. So Matt's right, right? Frateek Consulting and off we go, trying to prove the market that we can do things
0: that SAP should do. Sure, Sure, so tell us a bit more about that, that consultancy
1: yeah no worries so i guess um the way i think about it is we're trying to make our stakeholder happy so the cfo so i'm married to a cfo i know how hard it is to make them happy (laughs) so what we're trying to do from our boutique consultancy point of view is go into the cfo and help them on cost and control project success rapid time to value and we can do it pretty flexibly within a 30-day time frame right so just that singular focus to make that person happy then on personal side that CFO will tell my CFO I actually do a good job and my wife will find finally you know what I do for real life, right? So uh, making CFOs happy.
2: Yeah. And I think just, just to build off that is you know, Concur is a, a cloud-based solution and it's all about sort of getting the benefit early. And so we really want to be able to prove that with the, the consulting services that we provide. Sure. Sure.
0: Okay. Now a bit more about um, you, yourselves. I want to dig deeper into your background and can you tell us about the best thing that you've done in your, in your career?
2: That's a that's a good question. So for for me, look, I'd say without question, the highlight has been the people that concur, sort of when you're working for an organisation where you're actually creating an industry. And so sort of 20 plus years, uh, there weren't a lot of expense management systems out there when I started. Um, so I'd certainly put that as the, at, at the top of the list and probably uh, second is I actually had the opportunity to go to the Philippines about 10 years ago and set up our shared service center. Mm -hmm. I'd never done anything like that before in my life. Literally went there two years later, 400 employees. And so it was just uh, one hell of a ride. So great experience. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Let me kind of build off that one if I can, Jay. So there's probably two in my
1: mind as well. So customer celebrations. So I tried to spend most of my SAP career on the customer side, and when you finish that project, that feeling of mutual success mm. is just addictive, right? And you want that again and again. And then the second one is probably related to myself and the kids, and it's sustainability. So with the Concur solution, there's a lot of things you can do as a company to be more sustainable. So whether it's minimizing paper, traveling smartly with you know airline choices or green hotels. And so I look at my kids today and go, actually, if I can make a difference there in that commercial world, so that companies are, are better and more sustainable, my kids will be proud of what I do. So I go, hey, customers, fantastic celebrations, sustainability. And so those two things we'll keep doing in our you know, consultancy world. Absolutely,
0: love it. So we we met before and we were speaking about a topic and a way to approach that. And I know obviously Concur is both close to, to you both. Um, and there's a number of ways we can do that. We can have a look at the technical side or, yep. yeah, we can have a look at successful implementations, but you've got a really interesting approach um, around the dark side, around fraud. So I'd love to dig a bit deeper into, into that. And can you give us some examples or,
2: um, yeah, obviously with, with fraud. Yeah. It was interesting. So Ben came up with a, a great label. So the true crimes of expense management fraud. And look, I've been in the industry for 20 plus years, and I can assure you that the one thing that has not changed is that there is fraud out there. Yeah. Um, I actually brought in this book. I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it. But um, So what's the book? What is so it? It was How to Pad Your Expense Report and Get Away with It. You even used to be able to buy a book on it. And the reality is a lot of the principles in this still apply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We know anecdotally where fraud occurred. We used to get brought in to actually help those customers. Um, but if you go to the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, that's sort of like the preeminent body. Um, and their data aligns with our anecdotes. You know, where fraud, when fraud is uncovered, it's generally been in place for at least 12 months. A lot of cases, it's at least six figures. But the, the interesting thing, I've spoken to a lot of internal auditors, external, external auditors, and what we tend to find is the first time that fraud occurs, in a lot of cases, it's an accident. Yeah, you inadvertently claim something really? that you're not entitled to, and then nothing happens and so if you find that person is they may have some financial issues may have some relationship problems may be predisposed to doing that type of stuff to start with your company's just bought themselves a really big problem so it's like more of a opportunistic correct yeah and a lot of cases that that was a big surprising we used to host a lot of round tables where we'd get a a customer and a bunch of their auditors and just get them to tell their story to us and that was really the the surprising data point for me is that in all the cases that they, they don't set out to find the chink in the in the business process where they can defraud the company they do something nothing's done about it and then they do it again and it's sort of going back to what i was saying before if you think that it's generally 12 months before something sort of found out that then becomes—it's got a big dollar value on it. Mm. Have you got like a an example or a story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, hell, how long have we got? So <laughs> it's, uh, uh, look, um, probably a, a, a good example would be large company that actually gone out and bought an expense management pro, uh, an expense management program. Yeah, um, but the same guy that was looking after the expense management system was also looking after the corporate card program and right. so you can probably guess where this is going right yeah. but um what what was really sort of clever about what he did um is when people actually leave a company they'll that they'll hand in their corporate credit yep. card yeah and so in might look the the, the for most companies, the type of credit card they have is what we call an individual liability company pay. So, in other words, the company will pay for the business-approved expenses, yep. and you've got to pay for the ones that, that yep. are approved. And so, what he found is when people were actually handing in the corporate cards, there was a credit on them. And so, what he was doing was he was just spending down the credit to zero and then cancelling the account. And so, when they actually uncovered, so there's pretty smart i mean mm. uh, but when they uncovered it and it was actually me i actually went across to the the business to help them because they'd uh, f- they sort of found out they had an issue um it had been going for longer than 12 months wow and but the way we actually knew it was him he got uh, so comfortable with it uh, the last bill he actually paid was actually his telephone bill and the only reason that he got found out is he actually went past zero so it generated a statement out to the employee that had left and they came back to the company and said hey you know sort of you know why i you know, i've handed in my corporate credit card and they dug a little bit deeper and uh, hence um he was no longer an employee but but the, the reality is it was it was a significant cost it's, it's in a lot of cases it's not just the you know the, the cost of it, it's the reputational impact it. Yeah. The, you know, it, does, it reflects quite poorly on organizations when mm. that occurs mm
1: yeah i look at it kind of similar right but you'll see it in the business pages so last week the act government you saw in the newspaper nab is something that we've been talking about for many months with the invoice fraud and so those kind of examples exist so politely you don't want to be the company in the newspaper so to matt's point you're better to understand what's going on and kind of act early get ahead of it versus be behind it because you don't want to be the clickbait, you know in the newspaper going hey i got you know expense fraud um, expense fraud's a big, big topic. Invoice fraud is a big topic. And then in particular, what the math shows is smaller organizations, so smaller number of people, suffer bigger fraud. Mm. Cause they have less controls yeah. and less processes. Yeah. So for all those Australian medium-sized businesses out there, you should be worried, right? Because fraud's gonna happen. So I look at it and go, hey, if you're not ahead of the curve, you're gonna be in the
0: newspaper. Yeah. Well, you may have already answered this next this question, then, but like, why is expense management important?
2: look i think it's your first step in the journey uh but but not the final step you know the uh, the it's funny uh when i was at concur we used to do a lot of advertising but still probably one of our better league sources is when a company had been subjected to some type of fraud the first thing they do we, we need to put some controls in place mm-hmm. um so so that's the the first step. it's going to improve your business process it's going to give your employees a better experience uh, but importantly it's going to give you visibility to this non-compliant spend uh, but what I think where organisations sort of miss a little bit is you know, the job's not done when the expense management solution has been put in place. It's actually having those controls in place. Um, uh, it, it would have been around about 2016. We did some. Um, actually, I, I did the the study myself, funnily enough, because I was actually in hospital with a back injury, <laughs> and uh, so we we we. Took a hundred million dollars worth of spend across fifty organisations that were sort of representative of the different industry segments across Australia and New mm-hmm. Zealand, and what we found is that one in four line items in an expense report was typically non-compliant in some way, and it may not. We're not saying it's fraud, but yeah, one, in, one of, in four, one in, in four. Um, wow, you look at the stats is, and we're sort of capturing these systems uh, that these occurrences within concur. But what we also say is four percent of the total spent with duplicate expenses. And that's fine if you're in an expense management system, you can capture that. Yeah. If you don't, you've got a problem. And that's across um, hundred million correct. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, yeah. That's a lot of money. Um, and probably the when I sort of talk about the expense management system but also having the controls in place what we found is we actually went back to a lot of those organizations sort of said well hey you know we've sort of done some analysis and yeah this is what we're sort of seeing is that the the people that are meant to be approving these expense reports they were just going ahead and approving them but they weren't actually enforcing the company policy mm. and so it's fine having a system but if your prover isn't sort of holding sort of saying hey you know, this is not compliant and actually not seen to be doing their job you know you, you really don't sort of achieve the the business process improvement and yeah, yeah. The, the protection of the company
0: so really the, the the real work starts after it's been implemented. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah we see that across multiple um, programs not just expense management but mm. erp systems uh, like the real work starts after the goline yeah
2: yeah
1: the business process a big one right and to make it worse, right, here we are sitting in September, Christmas is coming up and you see a lot of fraud as that run up to Christmas happens. Mm. So now is the right time to think about it, right, now is the time to get ahead of it.
2: Yeah. I think the uh, one of the examples I always used to use is that we've all been in the situation where we've got the corporate credit card, you know, both Ben and I had relatively senior positions, you're taking the team out. Um, we, we know what the company policy is, invariably you may spend over, and that's fine for us, we'll sort of put up our hand and you know, we would only claim what we're entitled to, but a lot of people will not. Mm. And so if you don't have those controls in place, if you're not communicating your expense policy you know, to your organisation, if you're not seen to be reinforcing it, is you, you really are creating a problem within your business.
0: Sure, sure. So what are the, the potential holes then in travel and expense management? In the system, man. Look,
2: the it's funny actually. I was before coming in, I was sort of having a look at the book, but the some of the things, um, you, you know, if I'm advising uh, a customer, you know, the you want your spend on your corporate card. If you're getting a lot of cash expenses, you know, you have potentially got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a really simple example. Let's say to so airfares cost a lot of money at the moment. I mean, you know, we, we all know fares are going up. Um, and we want our employees to do an advance purchase of an airfare because yep. you're generally going to get a cheaper rate. Yeah. So let's, let's assume they don't use the corporate card. They just go and use that personal credit card, then claim that back. And so just before they're due to travel is they cancel the trip. okay. So that credit's going to come back onto their personal credit card. What visibility does the business have of that? They've already reimbursed the employee, I mean, because they'll do, airfare expenses will get claimed quickly because they're such high value, because yeah. you don't want to incur the late fees and what have you. And so, you know, so first up, you, you're trying to eradicate cash uh, where you can. Mm. Uh, the other thing is actually having a good understanding of your median spend, because sometimes uncovering fraud, it's, you, you're literally trying to find the needle in the haystack. And so you want to understand what your typical cost of your accommodation, your hotels, you know, your entertainment expenses, the you know what your mobile phone uh, reimbursement mm. you know, thresholds are. Because once you sort of start to understand the median spend, then you can actually start to pick out the anomalies. You know, the, and it was funny for me, I used to prove a lot of expense reports. And you know, the the peoples are sort of taking the, you know, the what, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's generally, you know, um, yeah, Lots of expense reports just below, you know, amounts are just below the threshold, Mm. using cash where they can, as opposed to using the corporate card. Yeah, you know, people that you can sort of quite obviously see are trying to sort of exist outside, you know, the mm. uh, the process that you yeah you know, the the business is expecting you to follow. I
1: am going to build off that if I can though, Jack. Yeah, sure I, sure. I heard you're a technical person, right? <laughs> <laughs> see people know. I no, 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 no I think Matt's onto something, right? There's this whole data side side behind it. Cause the machines politely can tell us why do people always do their expenses on a Sunday? You know, if your thresholds say $100 for receipts, why do they always claim 95, right? Why do they always do receipts you know, and their expenses in the last month of the quarter, for example, versus all the way through? So the data actually gives you a lot of prompts. So in your whole T&E process, there's a part there around reported and auditing. Mm-hmm. You know That's a very important part of the process. So that data science side and the data can really give you a lot of insights on what good or bad is happening in your process.
2: Actually, that, that reminds me a situation we had, it would have been about four or five years ago, where we we're actually doing a proof of concept uh, for a business. Mm-hmm. And when we sort of talk about the the devils in the detail is, um, so what concur what has is that, what, called, that's sort of an advert, I guess, but concur Detect, tech great solution. And what it can do is it can actually, not only does it look at the expense, it'll actually read through the line items right. on the receipt, right? And so what this company had is their employees were have to spend $20. They used to run a lot of functions, at, actually, at their customer premises. And so they had a, a $90 allowance where they could go, go to Woolworths, you know, go and you know, buy the, you know, the the Jets and the you know, the, the cheese, et cetera. Yeah. You know, and we, so they gave, she gave us a whole bunch of data. So they said, well, look, we, before we actually sort of buy, we want, we want to sort of be able to sort of justify the business case. And when we actually put all the receipt data through the solution is what we found, what was really happening is when they were going to Woolworths, yes, they were buying the, the box of jets, they were buying the cheese and what have you, but the remainder that they were actually then converting into a gift card. And so when we went with the pool of data that we had, all of a sudden there was over $100,000 spend. On gift cards, and the reality is, do I actually wow. when I'm, you know, reviewing an expense report, do I actually go through and look at every single light item? Yeah, you know, when it's this mm. long from Woolworths, you don't, you, you do you just approve
0: it. Yeah, yeah. especially if it's the, the right total. Yeah. Correct.
2: Correct. But this, but this was, uh, yeah, it was a six-figure issue in that organisation. Wow. Just for the subset of data uh, that we were able to analyse.
0: So this system you're talking about. Just come from a technical person though. No? Yeah. <laughs> um we talk about it, it literally goes through every single Correct. Yeah, like yeah. line yeah. yeah it made, made me think actually the um the previous comment you were talking about um around it is doesn't it's not just fraud, is it? It's duplicates as well and, and
2: general common common mistakes that employees would make. You, um look at taxi fare's a really good example. Mm. Is that you know the, the old days when they actually used to have the remember the old machines when you get a taxi and you so what happened you would put it on your so you get a receipt yeah the taxi yeah you now you've given them your credit card and and those paper receipt things they had they were sort of used like as a different form of cash down mm. the taxi rank so you may actually have the receipt but the the transaction on your credit card wouldn't appear for two or three months and so in a lot of cases it's not somebody intending to go and do something bad is they've got the receipt oh okay yes yeah, so i'll claim that and then you know, three months later is the the credit card transaction turns up, mm. and they claim that as well. And so it's not that they're out to defraud, but it's just once again you can see how easy it is for these it's things so to happen easy. if you don't have uh, a system in place. Yeah, especially yeah, duplicates Like I I approve
0: a lot of uh, expenses. That's the nature of our yeah. our business. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really easy to miss,
2: miss duplicates. And it's just a simple mistake sometimes. It's funny when we did the initial study and I thought, wow, 4%, that seems high, you know? And so I'd said to our sales team, when you're going out, I want you to specifically say that we know that 4% of, you know, the total transaction volume is potential duplicates. And we sort of, our our aha moment was, is um, one of our sales team were out there and sort sort of, you know, yeah, so put the statement, and there was a lady from accounts payable that was sitting up at the end of the, at the, the other end of the table, and she goes, "Ah, it's probably more," and that's when we knew. And, and we know. I mean, it was we weren't making up the stats, and so obviously you get, you know, some customers are much higher than four percent, some yeah. lower, but but the, the reality is, it's a significant issue. There's a lot of money, especially
0: these large, yeah, like, multinational corporations. Yeah, huge, um, huge amount of money. Absolutely. So, Christmas, Christmas is coming up. Yes, soon. And um, <laughs> as you know, like obviously fraud fraud goes up. But what, what should these companies look out for um, in the lead up to Christmas? Well, let me go first on this one, right? So I guess, um, you know, Australian businesses
1: kind of trust their employees. It, it's a good thing, right? You know, Australian businesses and employees have a pretty good relationship in most uh, engagements. Mm-hmm. And so there is a whole bunch there around kind of republicizing the guidelines, re-educating the employees and setting what's normal. <laughs> You know, the last few years in the COVID world, you didn't really have to worry about the Christmas party or client entertainment or, you know, gift hampers for your your end customers. In year 2023, you do. Mm -hmm. So a whole bunch around that proactive engagement of that enablement and that education will avoid all the nasty stuff happening. So I guess my first tip, if you think of that Christmas run up, spend the time now in early October to re-educate your employees and set the right expectations. Because that will avoid
2: any of the nasty stuff happening. That would be more kind of my first tip. Yeah, no, I think that's that's half the battle. Yeah, you know, you know, and the other part of it is this is where the management team have to step up and enforce the policy. Sure. You know, it's fine having, I mean, Concur and there are other systems. They're fabulous solutions. They're, they're going to tell you where there's something wrong, but if you're just approving an expense report no matter what. You, know, you you aggregate that. Um, and once again, especially because, you know, we all know, I mean, the, the economy is getting a little bit tighter at the moment. Yeah, you know? we know businesses aren't spending. They're, they're trying to, you know, cash flow management's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, the, the management team share an equal part of the responsibility uh, in this as well.
0: Yeah, sure. We've all, we've all been there and literally just, just clicked it just for speed. Correct. That, yeah. And then in
1: your organization, probably like most organizations, there's some CFO sitting in the back that has to eventually see these things and say yes or no. So my tip for the CFO is think about your audit approach. Mm-hmm. So yes, you know, trust your employees on the front end, but have a trust and verify approach on the back end. Yeah. So that audit approach will work. Because that way, if there is non-compliance, you'll pick it up. And if it is 4% of your spend, that's going to make a difference come January,
0: right? So yeah. Listen, yeah, I can't believe it's 4%. I'm still still shocked with
2: that. It was funny, we... I was sort of when you sort of come across something like you sort of straight, we could obviously see the data, mm-hmm. but we were really keen to sort of test that. And we we know we we could see from the data, but but it's sort of that that it's, it's sort of the secret that accounts payable aren't going to sort of ventilate more <laughs> broadly. Yeah. So. Uh, yes. No problem.
0: Now, when we were kind of planning for this this podcast, you want me to ask a question around AI. Yes. Um, and that question, I've got it here. So, like, are we ready for the uh, the Christmas fraud?
1: Uh, I would argue no. So, you know, uh, I think the AI smarts get better and better. So one of the, the challenges I've seen Matt do at a couple of sessions is hold up two invoices, a real invoice from a client and an AI-generated invoice. And we try and ask the customer, can you pick the difference between the two? And most customers can't. So I would argue actually AI is smart enough to spoof that fake invoice. So whether it's BSV details, account details, logos, payment terms, there's lots of different things to think about. So um, I guess the reason I asked that question and that kind of linked to the AI, you should use the Conqueror system to your advantage to make sure you don't suffer fraud because it does know vendors, it does know patterns, it can detect unusual activities. That's something you should think about and that's a way to make sure the machine doesn't win if that makes
2: sense and use it to your advantage. Yeah, no, absolutely. The uh, it was funny actually. A lot of uh, the conferences were up, I used to. I used to actually start our presentation with the with two receipts up on the on the screen and say, you know, which one's the fake invoice. And the reality is, you can't tell the difference. But if you're you know, eliminating that if it's a credit card expense, it becomes more difficult because you've actually got the transaction that's going to be matched to the receipt. If it's cash, you're relying on that receipt only. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Let me kind of turn it around, Jay, right? So we, we talked about the machines kind of getting smarter, but uh, people is a big part of fraud as well. So, you know, precision sourcing, great organization, place a lot of people every day. Do you think you can tell that who's going to commit, you know, corporate fraud? No.
2: No, no, no one. No, 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 it's, it's impossible. So yeah. is it? <laughs> but I think just uh, feeding off Ben's point is it's really about sort of fostering a culture of accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, you know, all of us. Um, I'd loved working at Concur, and uh, along with Ben, yeah. um, I'm sure you guys love working for Precision Sourcing, and it's sort of, it, it's sort of creating that culture of sort of accountability. You know, everyone sort of chips in. That's what helps the business do well. Uh, and I think with the expense management policies, when they're being communicated, it's important to explain the why, mm-hmm. why it's important. Yes, we have the rules, but, but actually, what is the impact to the business if people don't actually follow the expense management guidelines, overspend on budgets? You know, the, the, there's an impact. And sure. I think that isn't communicated well enough at times. Sure, sure, sure. Well,
0: that, um, that topic of storytelling is, is really key, isn't it? With, yeah. um, You know, having examples or... Did not just putting the policy up and this is it, it's having examples and storytelling and taking your, your business on the journey as yeah, well. Think, yeah. yeah,
1: And if it does have real consequences, so, you know, uh, one of the things that we see is in this expense area, you have these classifications. So Matt used the example of taxis earlier or, you know, gifts for clients, but I've seen one where people put expenses in other and then you look and go, what what's other? You know, Because <laughs> <laughs> it should actually go, you know, flights or hotel or some kind of purpose. So one of the tricks I've often done with CFOs is go, just let's do that reporting. Let's see what your Concur system says. Let's see how much expense goes to other. And it's usually quite a lot of money. And then it's really interesting when that light bulb goes on and they go, well, that's really interesting. We should look into what other is, because usually there's some
2: misuse in there or misappropriation, right? It's interesting. One thing that stood the test of time, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to blow up a fabulous career for a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, for overclaiming, you know, for yeah, you know, they spent too much and rather than just sort of putting your hand up and uh, paying yourself, you would be surprised. Mm. Um and so and that's just don't un- but I think you know it's sort of we talked about having an expense management system yeah. in place. It's the, the controls, but it, it's making sure that the business is actually enforcing those. I mean you got the time and many stories
0: from different <laughs> clients. <laughs> there's some horror stories. Yeah, i really bet are. no problem. All right, brilliant. So um you give us some fantastic insights today. I know we're coming towards the end of the podcast, and I'm just going to ask you to to think, um, you know, which leaders or which people in the in the market you'd like to hear on the podcast. So I'll come back to you mm. with that in a sec. Yeah, but let's talk about your your company that you started up, and and what assistance can you can you give to uh, to customers? Yeah,
1: go for it. Put him on the spot. <laughs> All right, let me do it first. So, I guess. Um, The reason we started CoVantage is we were trying to put Concur and Advantage together. Because what we found is people who had the solution, but they weren't taking full advantage of the solution. So the way I think about it, we get to keep that customer promise
2: of getting the full value from the Concur solution. And I I think the the other part for me was that customers are over these big, long-time materials engagements. Yeah, you know, the, the reality is, is uh, when a concurrent environment becomes available, the reality is I, I could actually add, you know, a, a user and an approver, and you could submit an expense report. Mm-hmm. And so, if we sort of ta- start from the point that we understand what best practice is, we know the controls to put in place, you know, a bit of trust in us, and we can actually accelerate you through that process so you get the benefit early, you know, keep a cap on costs, and still end up with a fabulous solution. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Well. Like I said, I'd love to hear about um, who you'd like to invite on the podcast. We've had some fantastic guests over the last seven series, but can you recommend anybody that you'd like to hear on the
2: podcast? Look, certainly and uh, since I I retired, I thought I was going to retire back in March, is that I've been spending a bunch of time around the generative AI space. Mm -hmm. And there's some really cool firms that are popping up because everyone's sort of competing uh, for MindShare at the moment. And um, actually one actually it was quite interesting I didn't actually realize it was started by two Australians from what I think it's a company called MindsDB they're based out of San Francisco Mm -hmm. and they've got a they really simplify if you're a business with a data set looking to sort of apply the generative AI techniques to that uh, I've I've just been and look I have no affiliation apart from I've been using their technology but um, yeah there's some really interesting uh, that's a really interesting company at the moment. So, yeah, okay. No problem. Love it. I guess if I had one, it'd probably be a guy called Michael Crawley, who's
1: one of the SAPs, and he basically leads the post-sales customer journey. So he's got all the great stories of people have done good things, bad things, unusual things, things to celebrate. So Michael is a great one to have on because he's got a whole bunch of the war stories. Because you can tell we, we feed off it. We we love that interaction with customers. Michael's a similar vein. He he
0: loves those customer stories and has lots to share. Brilliant. Gents, I really, really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you for coming on to the, yeah, the podcast and like, your, your business sounds absolutely fantastic. And I wish you all the best. Wish you all the best with your new business venture.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, We're really excited and appreciate the opportunity, Joe. Thank,
1: thank you. you, Jay. Oh, thank See you, everybody. <laughs>
0: Please like, share, comment and subscribe to the Configure It Done podcast.